This year is dedicated to Mesh Isaacson, and he knows why. Understanding this Mishnah gives us an opportunity to get a little bit of background in the dinim of Ona'a, which is transparency in negotiation uh, and, and price fixing. It starts with the Psukim in Parshat Bahar. If you're selling an object to your friend or buying something from your friend, do not, tonu uh, is a difficult word to, to translate, um, but it's basically do not take advantage of your, of your brother. Uh, do not exploit him. And the context of that, uh, of that posuk is in the laws of Shemitah as the Psukim go on to say that if you're selling a piece of land, uh, in the laws of Yovel, if you're selling a piece of land and it's only got a certain number of years to go before the Yovel, you've got to adjust the price accordingly because you're really selling the, the product of the land. You're not selling the land itself. The land itself comes back to you. So you've got to be careful to adjust the price according to the real value of the product that he's gaining. And then the Posuk says at the end of that parasha again, tonu ish et amito, you should not mislead uh, your friend or take advantage of your friend. Uh, you should fear God, for I am Hashem, your, your God. And Rashi says on that second law, don't mislead a person. The, the, the second one is talking about oral uh, exploitation. You can exploit a person materially and you can exploit a person orally with your mouth. Um, and the second issue is in oral exploitation, um, giving him advice that isn't accurate advice, that isn't well thought out advice, misleading him with, with advice or, or, or speaking to him badly. Uh, and all of this leads all of this is important for the security of the, of the country. And it's important that as Jewish people, we align our thinking to that. We talk about, about security. Uh, uh, we're talking about security in Eretz Israel. And naturally, where do our minds go to? Our minds go to military strength and to borders and to one state or two states and the political implications. And that, that's where we go to. But the terror doesn't see it that way. Of course, that, that is part of it that we have to take care of. But to really secure ourselves in Eretz Israel requires the equality of business dealings that is not expected of any other nation. This is something that is expected of us, and that's part of how you secure Eretz Israel. The Ramban goes into the whole question of the context of the Pesach, which seems to be talking particularly about, about Yovel, and, and it's a very important Ramban. And he comes to the conclusion that if you cause ona'a, you take advantage of somebody deliberately, you're committing an avera d'oraisa. There's no question about that. As you're going to see, aspects of ona'a don't apply with, with fixed property, with land. But the Ramban says that doesn't mean the issue isn't there with, with land. The issue is there whenever you take advantage of somebody, whenever you mislead somebody. And so on. But the Chazal in the Gemara, we get the Chidushim of how much is considered Ona'a. And we get to this 
number of a sixth, 16.6%, uh, that if the exploitation exceeds 16.6%, a sixth, then it's called onah. Um, that means at, at that level of a sixth, um, the, the, uh, if it's above a sixth, the cell can be cancelled. And that's what Karka fixed properties is excluded from. Because if you sell a property for more than, than uh, a sixth above its market value, it's still a valid sale. So in property, it doesn't undo the the the, the, the it doesn't undo the deal. There are two elements to ona you can see in the Ramban here. The one element is the issue. Have you done an Avero? Is this an, an Isidor Isa? And the other one is does this invalidate the sale? So it has to be a sixth or more to invalidate the sale. In property, even if it's a sixth or more, it doesn't invalidate the sale, but it remains an issue, says says the Ramban. Just as in movable property, if it's less than a sixth, you say people accept that you can't be exact and the fact that you find the article at another store at a little bit less, at a slightly lower price, you, you, you move on, it doesn't bother you. But, but when it gets to a sixth, you resent it and you feel, had I known that I could have got it at this price somewhere else, I wouldn't have paid this, the, the, the price. Therefore, it cancels the sale, but not with Karkot. Even less than a sixth, you may not, even that is an issue. So you can't say, yes, but my profit, my, my profit is less than a sixth, so that's okay. No, if it's more than a sixth, we're not talking about profit margin at this point. We're talking about price over market. If you knowingly are charging more than the market price, you know that your buyer could get the item cheaper somewhere else. Then even if it's less than a sixth, there's the Ramban, that's an Isidor Isa. It's just that it doesn't cancel the deal. And the Sefer Achinuch explaining the reason for this mitzvah says, If you don't need the Torah for this. This is, a, this is a moral law that everybody should keep irrespective of the Torah. And if it wasn't written in the Torah, it should have been written in the Torah. We would have done it ourselves. It is not proper to take money from another person deceitfully. That's the starting point. How do you know what is yours? You know what is yours by doing business honestly. If you do business honestly and you make a profit, that profit is yours from Hashem. It's then a matnat elukim. It comes from birkat shamayim. That's part of Hashem's brocha. If you've done business honestly and you've and you've made a profit as a result of that, you've you've got income from that. That comes from Hashem. But if you're deceiving people to get your income, that doesn't come from Hashem. And everybody gets benefit from this. If you have a society where people don't mislead each other, it works both ways. Even though you have some who are smarter crooks than others, you don't have to worry about that, about how smart a crook you are, because you're not going to crook. So there's a set thing for everybody. This is just good for society. Built society to develop it, to evolve it, to grow it. And the way we grow in business is by doing business transparently and honestly. And then the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Reish Kav Zayin 
gives the various deals. I've just quoted little parts of it so that you see the uh, the general trend. At what point do you have to return the extra profit? You've got to go back to the buyer and say, you know what? I charged you too much for this thing. Here's the money, the overcharge. Exactly a sixth. If it was less than a sixth, even a little bit, you don't have to give anything back. Because we assume people forego that. If it's less than a sixth, they get over it. But still, the Ramban said it remains an issue, interestingly. Then the next piece in the Shulchan Aruch, if it was more than a shtut, even a little bit, batel amekach. So if it's a shtut, if it's six, you've got to give the money back. The, the sale stands, but you've got to return the overcharge. If it's more than a six, then the whole deal is cancelled. The, uh, the other party is entitled to cancel the deal. How long have you got to cancel the deal? Says the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Gemara, as long as it takes you to show the item to your friends or to or to other traders and get an opinion. So he says you've been you've been taken for a ride, but until you've had time to show it to other people, you might not know that you've been taken for a ride, and therefore you have an opportunity to uh, to, to withdraw. Um, the Rambam then brings the halacha that you that this doesn't apply by karka. That when it comes to land, there is no uh, um, there's no din of of onah. And then he says in Perikudal, It's important to know, however, that if you're trading honestly, and you say to somebody, "I'm making X percent profit on this. This is what I bought it for. This is the, this is my selling price." No matter what the price is, if you've been transparent. There's no onah. That's why I translated onah as transparency, not as oppression or deceitfulness or, or anything. It's transparency. Because if you're transparent, there's no onah. So what is the issue of onah? The issue of onah is to make excessive profit in a way that isn't transparent. Even if he says, I paid one seller for this, but I'm selling it to you for 10, are you interested? And he needs it. He says, yes, Muta, it's okay. But Bezdin should watch the, the, the prices and, and set up regulatory boards, Shotrim. Police forces, are, you, you need to regulate the, the pricing in the town. It's not a free-for-all where you can profit as much as you want to. A person should not um, mark an item up more than a sixth. And the seller should not make more than a sixth worth of, of, of margin. That's a, a, that's a halacha. Again, if one's transparent, it's different. But a very important Hagos Mamonis. Remember Hagos Mamonis, one of the three great Talmidim of uh, the Maram Rutenberg. And he writes very small, very short comments on the Rambam, but they're in halacha, they carry an enormous amount of weight. And he says, Because if a wholesaler is buying in mass and, and he's repackaging and selling in small quantities, he shouldn't mark up more than a sixth. But that's if the market price hasn't changed. But if he speculated and he bought at a time when the price was low and now the price has gone up, I feel a kiflaim, even if it's doubled, that uh, if the market changes, you can, you can, you're governed by the market. Stut means a sixth more than the market price. It doesn't mean a more than, 
then would you happen to buy it because you were able to buy it, buy it well? So that's an important principle in thy gross mamrenis. That leads us into the Mishnah. Where the Mishnah says, Shum hadayanim shepichtu shtut or sifu shtut mecharan batel. What happens if the dayanim, the bezdin, are evaluating property for the purposes of a woman who wants her ksuba? Again, we've got an estate, the man has passed away. Uh, and the woman needs cash flow for, to, for, for her food, or the yotomim, the, the, the orphans need cash. So cash has to be realized, and Beitin go into the estate, and they realize the cash by selling the, the assets. And they, when they make the evaluation, they do it more than a sixth above the market price. They make an error. Mecharan batel. The sale can be nullified, the sale is not valid. Lots of interesting Gemara. We might see some of it, some of it tomorrow. But the um, the Ran asks, "Veikat the Kashile." They are Rishonim who ask the question. Clearly, the Mishnah is talking even about fixed property. The Mishnah is not only talking about metal to then about movable property. So we know that this law of transparency doesn't apply by fixed property. And since we're speaking about fixed property, what difference does it make? What level it is? But the idea with fixed property is that ultimately property uh, rises in value. There's no, there's no market price for property. People, well, you pay what you think the property is worth, and if you've overpaid for it today, you'll hold on to it for a few years and it won't have been overpaid. So that the, the, we see right through Chazal and through the Rishonim, that property is considered priceless, that whatever you, whatever you pay for it is okay. That's comforting for people who live in Israel. Um, and, uh, and therefore, there's no one I when it comes to property. If there's no one I when it comes to property, ask the run, why when the Dayanim have overpriced a piece of property in the estate of the deceased, is the Mekach Batel, do we undo the Mekach? It can't be because of Yechot Ona'ah. All the halachot that we've learned so far today have all indicated that the principles of Ona'ah don't apply. So why does the Mishnah open up with this din that the, the transaction is null and void? And there are various different answers that Ramban gives answers, answers and others give answers. But the Tosfus reads says something quite astonishing. We've, we've become quite close with the Tosfus reading Ksubas. It's so, so brilliant. It's so original. And even though we've said with land that the laws of Ona'a don't apply and you can go above a six, it doesn't matter. That's when a, an ordinary person, so the, the owner sends his, sells his land. But when it comes to abating, evaluating the, the value of land, kivan de ta'u, since Beisdin made a mistake, look at these words. Since they made an error, this is not a Maaseh Beitin. So a Maaseh Beitin means the Beitin have decided this is the value of the, of the property. By mistake, they overvalued it. So we should say it doesn't matter. It's property. Property you can overvalue. The laws of transparency don't apply by property says the Tosfus read, but they made an error. If an ordinary person makes an error, all the dinim of Ona kick in. Was it more than a shtut? Was it less than a shtut? Was there mechila? Was there transparency? All of that. And in Karka, there's no land. There'll be no, there'll be no Ona. Those are the laws of Ona. 
But when a Beitin does it and a Beitin makes an error, that invalidates the whole <laughs> declaration of the Beitin. The action, the Maaseh Beitin is invalidated. It's not because of laws of Ona'ah. It's because of laws of Beitin. They've made a mistake in the evaluation that undermines their authority as a Maaseh Beitin. So we undo their decree. That when they say this piece of property is worth a million dollars, And, and it's wrong. They've made a mistake. We don't say so because of Ona. No, there's no Ona Bekakot. That's not the issue, says the Tosfos read. Very originally. The issue is Beisdin made a mistake, so it's not, a, it, it's not valid. Now, of course, it doesn't apply in all areas. We know that if the Sanhedrin makes a mistake, we have to follow the Sanhedrin. There's um, a, a beautiful run in the 11th Drasha of the run that talk, talks about how can it be that if the Sanhedrin decides that a piece of meat is kosher, and we all know it's treif. We know where it comes from. The fact is you can eat it, and there's a mitzvah to eat it, to follow the Sanhedrin. The run goes into the whole thing. How does that work? You're eating something which you know is trof. There's a mitzvah to follow the Sanhedrin, but when it comes to evaluations, that's a maaseh beidin, that's not a psak of the beidin. It's a deed of the beidin. It's beidin's commercial expertise, which is founded on error, and that undoes the commercial declaration of the beidin, and you start again. It's a, it, it has no power, no force. That's the beautiful idea of the responsibility of Beit Din to be particularly careful in how they evaluate.